This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Rolling? We're rolling. Red light is on. This will be uh, episode eight. It's going to be our 4th of July episode. God bless America. If you disagree, then this show isn't for you. God God damn, Uncle Sam. (laughs) Yes, sir. I'm saying I agree with everything. It's the, (laughs) the American philosophy I agree with. We uh, don't have any books to cover that I'm aware of, which is fine. Got plenty of other talking points. I want to lead with one that's been a hot button issue for me, and that's masks. Uh, And we frequently talk about Barnes and Noble as well. So I went to Barnes and Noble the other day, and they now require you to wear a mask to go inside. So if the thought of them not selling Bibles wasn't enough to do it to you, this ought to be the nail in the coffin. Okay. I have a question. When you go to a store and they require you to wear masks, are you an asshole about it? Or you just turn around and leave. I say, thank you. And I turn around and leave. Good. Those employees aren't making that decision. So yeah, I uh, you shouldn't take it out on them. And uh, I get actually, you know what? I'm going to piggyback off of that and say HEB now requires you to wear a mask too. So uh, Albertsons, my loyalties have been kind of transforming that way, anyways, out of convenience. But now the that's a done deal as well. For those, we're a nationwide podcast now. Uh, HEB is a grocery store in Texas. <laughs> yes, Albertsons is publicly traded now. Yeah, uh, just as of this week, I believe. <laughs> Bought some of them up the other day. but I used to work for Albertsons. Back in the day. Were you a bagger? Yeah. Were you bagging? Yes, Hell sir. Yeah. For three months before I started my career as a cart boy. Oh, hell yeah. The fastest bagger on that side of the Pecos. You know what's funny? Uh, <laughs> one time I got uh, asked to do the sweeping duty. So once an hour, you had to go push a push broom through the entire store. So once an hour, I would make that chore last 45 minutes. <laughs> Spend all day. <laughs> <laughs> ah, to be young. To be young. <laughs> Amazing. I got a job. <laughs> Just while I'm thinking about it, too, I need to clarify something from the last episode. I said that uh, Snowing on Raton was a Robert Earl Keen song. It's actually a Towns Van Zant song. I was singing the Robert Earl Keen version, though. Uh, I used to think that Bob Dylan was the keeper of all songs, but I'm starting to think it might actually be Towns Van Zant. That is definitely true. But can that title be shared? Yeah, it can be. It's different genres. 
kind of our uh, a song you guys are familiar with. If you're familiar with this show, is a Towns Van Zant song recreated by somebody else. <laughs> Can't go into too many details. Is that is that song on the uh, the Spotify playlist, the Bourbon Bookshelf playlist? Should be. It it will we not have, be if it is. We have oh, a playlist now, well, also everybody. I put the Towns version on there. That's better. We can't afford to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a Dirty River Boys version. Really? That, that goes pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to get a cease and desist order. And we'll stop talking about the song. <laughs> but anyways, that's all I had to say about that. It's called Snow and Honor Tone. Towns Van Zant, Robert O'Keen. Town Mountain, who I've recently uh, taken another liking to. And uh, Bourbon Bookshelf does have a collaborative playlist now on Spotify. You can go add some stuff to it, but no bullshit. It's growing. It's getting better. You know what we like, I promise you. (laughs) (laughs) You you forgot the most important part of our show. Oh, yeah. What's everybody drinking? (laughs) But, John, let's start with you. All right. uh, For the first time. For the first time in how long? I think since episode two or three. Coming Woo! coming back into the wild. Yeah. So it's been at least been... 75 days. He looks a little haggard. A little... Yeah, I did a whole 30 for 75 days, and people argue, so like, you did a whole 75? Correct. Yeah, so I'm having my first drink on the show. It's not my first drink, which I ended on uh, Friday, so it was four days ago. What'd you have? I had my last name mule at the my last name restaurant in <laughs> a certain southern city. Well, it was which in is why the, I go to that restaurant. You know, what was it? It was a. It was a. It was a. What's it called? A mule? Is that what they call it? Yeah, I can't think of the name. Moscow mule. In Moscow meal, yeah, that's right. But they used kombucha, ginger kombucha, in it, and get your probiotics while you're. It was a good idea. Yeah, it was a good idea. But there, I like my Moscow mules pretty gingery, and I couldn't really taste it in the kombucha. But the kombucha was locally made, right down. Wait, the street. wait is yeah. it not kombucha? Whatever. Yeah, um, I, I don't say anything. Right? I, mean, I, I, I guess Come, we can go either way. Huh? Kombucha be how I'd say it as well. Uh, Jared, no, John, you never even said what you're drinking. I am <laughs> drinking a Topo and Tito's. There you Ooh. go. No lime. No lime. Uh, I was in a hurry. Okay. But actually, I think I like it without the lime better. I like the taste of vodka. I uh, I can go either way. Well, I I love the taste of vodka, especially yeah, with Topo Chico. Yeah, it's scary how much I like it. Yeah, uh, when it just goes down, I, I tell you, I told. <laughs> okay, the, so the first time I had Tito's, it went down so easy, and I kept drinking and drinking. 
Like, I really like this taste. It's smooth. It's kind of it's a little sweet too. Yeah. It's just got this pleasant aftertaste, and it really scares me how much I like it. Yeah, and it's cold too. Yeah. Well, I I told you my story off air the other day. I uh, I bought a handle, which is a lot. One Friday, <laughs> coming home from work Sunday afternoon, I looked up. I'm like, has anybody else been drinking out of this damn thing? <laughs> Almost drank the whole handle over the weekend. <laughs> no hangovers, nothing. Just kind of you know steady cruising. I think's what they say. I'm back in that same point again. Is that the same handle or no? This is this is like four <laughs> handles later. It's been three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> telling you, they've been pouring Shit. good. Uh, dang, they must taste good too. Feel good about to pour another one. Actually, Jared, what are you drinking? I- I am drinking uh, Evan Williams and Coke. Working on working there on you my go. bottle here. There you go. That's your uh, that uh, government I salary. I wouldn't say it's my go-to, man. I, I, I like a good uh, whiskey and ginger ale. With, you do. Ginger, I remember with, that with ginger beer. Yeah. I remember that from our pay, our Pecos trip. It, we'll we're, we'll be having some more. Yeah, we're probably going to need two handles of Tito's for the three days. God bless. <laughs> we going the good some? news is it's New Mexico. You can just go to the gas station and get some. So, <laughs> which that one in Pegasus was was well stocked. Yeah, they were. From my from my uh, memory, I too am drinking Tito's and Topo Chico. I may have or may not have already had two since this recording started. We are going to have to change our name. <laughs> Tito's and... Tito's and Topo. <laughs> Tito's and Teen Reads. Ha- have y'all heard that song? <laughs> <laughs> we set out to be highbrow. <laughs> like yes. fucking 17-year-olds. <laughs> Just got to let things run its course, man. All right, let's get down to business. Business. I uh, so we ended the last episode talking about a trip to Utah. This being our Fourth of July episode, figured we could talk about our favorite things that are American. Minor national parks and public lands. So. Me and John went to Utah. This is a handful of years ago. Flew to Las Vegas, which is the most American city on the world, in the world. And uh, drove to drove from Vegas to Utah, backpacked in Zion, uh, spent a night there, backpacked out. Drove to Bryce, backpacked in, spent a night there, backpacked out. Went to Dixie National Forest, which borders right there on Bryce. Spent a night there. Had lots of fun. 
No backpacking, which was no wild. Backpacking. Was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very nice. We uh, just backed the damn car right up in there. Had it all handy. Uh, did we spend one night or two nights there? I always, for some reason, think we spent two nights. but It felt like it, but we only spent that one night there. Probably because we weren't fucking exhausted. We got there at like noon. Yeah, that's true. We were there early. We had a badass campsite out there, too. Um, woke up the next morning, ran a half marathon through Bryce Canyon, which uh, was tough. Very tough. Well, you'd Hard. only backpacked like 20 miles at that yeah. time. <laughs> uh, That's pretty hardcore, Barry. It was, it was brutal. And we'll get into it. I'm giving a 10,000-foot overview. Uh, and then we drove to Capitol Reef the night and camped there. Capitol Reef was probably my favorite of all of them. And uh, from there, we went to Moab the next day and saw arches and canyon lands. That uh, was totally unscripted. We had not planned to do that. Yep. And uh, Moab's cool little town. Uh, actually, all Utah is pretty cool. Pretty cool's not giving, doing justice for it. Um, and then we drove back to St. George and got a hotel, ate at Chili's. <laughs> Brooks Kepka won the U.S. Open that day. Yeah. <laughs> First one. And then back to Vegas and back to Texas. But anyways, so we saw all five Utah National Parks during that trip. Damn. And we were there, what, six days? Probably. Saturday to Saturday. I think we were. It was like Wednesday to Tuesday. It was kind of off. Yeah. John, what were your favorite parts of that trip? Definitely the night we spent in Capitol Reef. With this, I think it was the first time I've ever seen a dark sky. Yes. I thought it was cloudy. And I was actually looking at the Milky Way. Dang. Yeah, the stars Cap- were just as bright as could be. Yeah, Capitol Reef is a dark sky park. It's not quiet on Big Bend level, but it's pretty good, I thought. I mean, and we, were, we weren't we were even in the park. We were right outside the park. Yeah, we were, and, we were basically in town, really. And you could see the town lights and, and the Milky Way. I also did enjoy the kind of the arches and canyon lands weren't my favorite part of the trip, but get, just getting to go there because we could. Yeah, it was cool. It was and fun. We ate some good food in Moab, and then I enjoyed uh, arches and canyon lands because of uh, we all have read Desert Solitaire here, and we'll be discussing it soon. But that's where Ed Abbey hung out was in that area. All during that time. Utah to me is interesting because. So just on the drive from Bryce to Canyonlands. We were at elevations ranging from 2,000 feet above sea level to 11,000 feet. All along that way. And then the. The. Escalante National Monument, you drive all through it, and it's just the weirdest shit. It's basically just rock for, I don't know, two hours worth of driving. 
uh, and the land is public, so people are out driving cattle down the highway. It's an experience, but I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, if you want to see Utah, I would say that's the way to do it. Fly to Vegas, drive to Zion. We were part of a cattle drive. Yeah. We drove through the cattle. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all around, around us. It. There are beautiful women in Boulder, Utah. Yep. And probably all sisters, too. <laughs> Same that way. Um, but, yeah, I would say do it just like that. Fly to Vegas. Drive to Zion. Drive to Bryce. Drive to Capitol Reef. Stop in Boulder, the one restaurant, and eat it. It's good. Like, like real good. And then go over to Moab. And uh, actually, really, if I'm, if I'm thinking about how you should do it, it would have been cool to go from Moab back into Colorado and then come home from Colorado. Um, Jared, you're probably the most well-traveled of all of us. I don't know. Moab to Colorado. That's a, that's a beautiful drive, man. That was, that was, that was my first experience heading out West was, was, uh, Colorado to Moab. But anyhow, where were you? I forgot y'all did that. (laughs) Yeah. Moving out, moving out there. But one suggestion I'd have, if you were to go to all five parks is to buy the annual pass. At the Ooh, park, yes. instead of paying thirty dollars per car, yeah, at each park, we did not do that. Yeah, they are. If are I knew then what I know now, <laughs> I would have bought an annual pass. I'm going to give everybody a piece of advice and say, <laughs> don't even go to Zion. It's Wait, y'all spent but, y'all y'all. Now, how how far uh, how far out of the way was what, what park is it? Uh, the Great Basin in Nevada, or yeah, two hours from Vegas. The other way, not right. in the way. Yes, the oh, other the way. other way. We can go straight. You're gonna have to go to it. You're, you're... Yeah, that's kind of out of the way. We can go to Great Basin for my bachelor party. So I'm also a fan of, well, so back to Zion. Zion's amazing, but just be prepared for there to be 50,000 people there, which kind of defeats the purpose of it, if you ask me. Yeah, they had long lines. Once we, so we hiked up, I don't remember the trail name, but basically up to Angels Landing or to the mm-hmm. park where it gets tough. And then that's where we lost all the people. We kept going back in there. Yeah. I was out of shape and dead at that point, but so we only probably went another mile, mile and a half. But we didn't see a soul after that. Yeah, as soon as we got past Angel's Landing, there wasn't anybody. Um, and that's, Did y'all backcountry camp on that one? Yeah. Yeah, on more so trail? than we were supposed to. Yeah, we hiked. Uh, we were oh, yeah. probably about five miles back. And then we backcountry camped, and yeah, we didn't even get all the way to the campsite. 
we actually were <laughs> have to we were we had to climb out of the canyon after I looked at it on a on Google Earth. We would have had to climb out of the canyon, and I wouldn't have made it. Yeah, <laughs> I liked where we camped though. Oh yeah, it was badass. Be- beautiful view, flat. Yeah. Did y'all uh, see any mountain lion tracks? No. There wasn't much wildlife. Really? Anywhere, really, for that matter. Just uh, wild people? Yeah. That's why there wasn't any wildlife. We hiked uh, pretty deep into Bryce, too, further than we did into Zion. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was five miles into Bryce, but then you were just into the canyon, and it's kind of this lush forest that you're hiking through. So it's, it's desert and then uh, forest and there i'm pretty sure what we were seeing was bear shit maybe it was elk or something else i still know we kept seeing these giant patties yeah elk shit looks like deer shit just bigger which is which is pebbly but then uh something that was cool about where we hiked is we came down i guess we're looking fucking south i don't know what direction we're going you can see (laughs) from hundreds of miles from the trail we were going down uh-huh. and it's all that, uh, the Escalante staircase basically is what they call it. So if you start, yeah. at, if you start basically at Canyonlands and follow the Colorado river all the way down and the Virgin river all the way down and the green river all the way down, it's, it's just these different layers of Canyon all the way, ultimately culminating in the grand Canyon. And so from Bryce, you know, you're basically at the top of that and looking south, you can see all the way down through it. Canyonlands too, because in Canyonlands in what they call the maze, that's where the Colorado and the Green River merge. Confluence. Confluence. Get you some of that in a kayak, John. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, me and John been to all five Utahs. I've been to both in Texas. Congaree. I feel like my Congaree experience was lackluster because of Hurricane Matthew, I think. Shit. Y'all went there right after Matthew? I think Pretty so. Pretty soon after. Yeah, I mean. Most of the walkways were, or what do they call them? The, the boardwalks. Yeah, we're closed down. That place got jacked up. I wasn't a huge fan of Congaree. I, I mean, I live an hour from it, and I haven't been back since we went. So I think I think the best way to experience Cong, Congaree, sorry, but uh, <laughs> he's a local. Yeah, <laughs> is is by paddling Cedar Creek, mm-hmm. and dude, if paddling that is just beautiful man you have all these huge cypress trees uh, black water creek and it, it's it's gorgeous i i think i think that's the best way to, to that seems like Congaree. on a kayak yeah that's might be something i can do with my new hobby there you go john i'll meet you dude like I'm telling you, like the cypress trees are huge, man. It's it's awesome. Y'all go get you some. I'll be out here in the desert where there's no 
lakes, rivers, creeks, streams, <laughs> tributaries. <laughs> what about big lake? Big big lake. There ain't no lake in Big Lake. <laughs> Dry as a bone. No lake in Big Lake. It's like there is <laughs> no. <laughs> Like just like there is no L in New Braunfels, no, no Not. S, no S in New Braunfels. No, there's New only Braunfels. one S. There's only one S. I couldn't only remember. One S in New Braunfels. <laughs> <laughs> they did play that song last time at Bra- Whitewater in New Braunfels. Where you're headed next week? This week? Yes, sir. Here in under 48 hours. There's going to be any shows to watch. Last year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year, if I remember right, it was supposed to be the Turnpike Troubadours playing. It and was. They, but, uh, they had to cancel because uh, of Miranda Lambert, ultimately. If we're, trace, if we're tracing a route. Speaking of Texas man. country, William Clark Green has tested positive for COVID-19. Dude, it's, it's happening. They're all, we're all going to get it, man. No. <laughs> I'd really like to take an antibody test and see if I've had it. Yeah. I've probably got three different strains of antibodies. I'd be <laughs> pulling really? my blood to make the, <laughs> make the vaccine. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, that, that, that was sad, but I will tell you that American Aquarium, who they brought in to replace Turnpike, killed it. Yeah, no, I like American and Aquarium. They, quite that a was bit. that was awesome. Is Robert American O'Keefe Aquarium was just singing, singing the entire night with sunglasses on? Oh, really? Like a badass. <laughs> yeah. He's goofy. He's goofy as a run over goat, man. I love him though. <laughs> Uh, I'll have to steal that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Any more on national parks? Did you want to discuss what parks we'd like to visit? Yeah. I'll tell you one of mine that I want to visit that's off the beaten path is uh, Petrified Forest. Is that in Arizona? Yeah, it's Arizona, New Mexico line, right along I-40, I think. I believe I've been there, went there as a kid. I have not marked it off my bucket list. Off I, your, off I your, didn't appreciate it. Yeah. There and, uh, I mean, I want to, I ultimately want to get to all of them. Rocky Mountain. I, um, uh, those are probably be my top two. Those are my most achievable as well. I'd like to go to Yosemite and Yellowstone, but I feel like it'd be the same experience as Zion. I think we'd have to go really far into the backcountry to do yeah. those. Which I'm willing fine. to do. Yeah. yeah. I think we just need some training or something to handle a certain species of bear up in Yellowstone. Yeah. The yogis. Dude, uh, 
You definitely want to carry some bear spray up there. I'd I'd carry bear spray and a uh, ten mil. <laughs> Damn, that's what they recommend for bears. Serious. Barry, if you're gonna go to petrified, if you're gonna go to petrified, you gotta go to all three Arizona parks. Well, I've been to the Grand Canyon. And but what's like the other one? Saguaro. I've been to Saguaro too, but I like John when he went to Petrified. I was a kid and probably didn't appreciate it. Dude, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. They're all and cool. I, I, I do what, John? Have you guys been to Meteor Crater? Uh, there's this in big Odessa? ass Meteor oh, no. Crater up in Arizona, and my my dad did in Arizona. And my dad did work on it when I was a kid, so we went out there and visited. It's something to do, I think, if you're driving on I-40. Yeah, they have signs for it off, the, off the highway. I, I remember that. Coming There's a meteor Sedona. crater in Odessa, too. Now, Sedona is somewhere I'd like to go. Because you didn't tell me when. Jared, what you know about the, you and Ron White, stand-up comedian? Who I'd love what to I know on the about podcast. Him? You guys Ron posted a White. picture of the same goddamn golf hole on your Instagrams. Oh man, listen, he copied me. All right, because I was yeah. there a full year before him. You were there first, but uh, but uh, that that course it's an old course now, so it's pretty short. But the backdrop, it's hard to beat that backdrop, man. With the with the rock cliff, the the red cliffs in the background, dude, and just Sedona's just an amazing place. Gosh. Yeah, you know they say it's got. Uh, my mom goes to Sedona a lot. There's some kind of allegedly some kind of uh, Taos kind of has the same thing, and uh, places in Europe like Stonehenge and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's just got some kind of like the ph level the air is different or something you know there's like a different energy in the air and that's not bullshit either it's like it really is that way nobody can't explain why there's a lot of hippies there though oh yeah because they like to imagine they're attracted to shit like that (laughs) yeah taos is getting really hippie uh you know what i had to unfollow my favorite artist of all time mark maggiore sorry mark but goddamn just tank your horses <laughs> and get on with your life. He moved. He moved to Tasso is what triggered me to say that. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> national parks I would like to visit <laughs> are um, Acadia in Maine. Yeah, and for some reason, I've always just really wanted to go to the Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado. <clears throat> yeah, calling me. Another Towns Van Zant song is uh Well no, that's snowing on Raton too. The moon don't rise on the Gunnison. Anyways, I'd like to go to Black Canyon too. <laughs> what about you, Jared? What uh you know, we ought to we could we could make something out of that. Meet in Albuquerque. Go to Petrified. Let's do it all. Kick up to Moab. Go over to Gunnison. 
up through Rocky Mountain. Oh, yes, sir. Acadia wouldn't fit within that trip, but... Uh, <laughs> Look, man, we fly to Portland, <laughs> we Maine. We can fly private. <laughs> Net jets. It's two episodes in a row you've been mentioned for free. It'll be $35,000. <laughs> man, I'd, I'd, if we just fly to Portland, Maine, the thing is, you fly to Portland, Maine, you're still eight hours away from... Acadia, which that ain't nothing. Yeah, I bet that's an okay drive too. <laughs> yeah, I bet we could. Uh, maybe we could scrounge up old Mister King, see if he wants to come on the podcast. You want to talk about vaulting us from from ten to fifteen listeners? Get the greatest fiction author of all time on here. Just record at his house. Yeah, surely he's got a studio. He, uh, though, have y'all read his memoir? I have not. We'd have to no, stay sir. sober in the house. But we could, we, we, could, we can make those sacrifices to record what with Stephen if we King. We did it on the porch. I don't know. We'd have to talk, we'd have to, talk to him about <laughs> it. <laughs> Stephen, if you're run listening, it, run it by the missus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jared, what national the, parks do you want to go to? You've been to a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I got a good number under my belt. But, dude, I don't, like, I really – it's not in the U.S., but I, I really want to go to, like, Banff and Jackson. Yeah, I was just thinking some Canadian yeah. Canadian MPs would be impressive. You got a passport? You, not yet. We're not even allowed to travel right now, so. What do you mean, we? U.S. Like citizens. Americans? Yeah. Government employees? I don't think so. <laughs> Listen. I'm a goddamn free American, and I'll go wherever I want to. I'll turn your ass right around. Not if they don't know I'm coming. Yeah, that's that's true. But no, uh, no, I think I think either of those places would be pretty cool. In the California national parks, man, like you can knock all those out in a, in a week or so. Like Yosemite, Redwood Forest, Redwood Forest, which uh, Kings Canyon, I believe it's what it's called, and Sequoia, uh, Death Valley. Oh, Death Valley would be cool. That's my kind of name. Joshua Tree. The Joshua Tree. All those. Joshua Tree would be cool, po- too. I've made a policy on my future uh, national park endeavors is that I'm going to spend at least two days in a national park instead of going mm-hmm. in and out. Yeah. Like we did. Uh, and that, if that means I have to take two trips to a state to go do that, I'd rather do that than like, oh. Yep, there it is. Now there's some national parks where it's, yep, there it is, and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, there are some parks that are definitely designed to just be drive-by parks. So, like Guadalupe Mountains here in Texas, unless you want to do some trekking, all you're doing for that national park is driving by it. 
And California requires masks at all times in every location right now. So uh, Joshua Tree is going to have to wait for me. Petrified Forest can be seen in two hours. From with, what I remember, with, I agree with, with you. With hiking, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's a road that goes from I-40 south through the middle of the park, and then you, you exit the town, then get back on I-40. It, it can be done in, a, in a, and that's with hiking too. Just, just so you know. So it's a drive-by park. It's, it's still it's still gorgeous. I mean, you, you feel like you're on another planet. So, uh, <clears throat> transition out of that now that we all know. Do you guys have your regular travel destinations and drinking spots? New Braunfels is a favorite drinking spot. The entire Texas Hill Country, really, for that matter. Yes, sir. Yeah, New New Braunfels or Asheville. Yeah, for me, Asheville over here. I had a few beers in Asheville. A few more in Boone. God bless Asheville. I uh, I like to go to uh, Marathon, Marathon. Marathon, Texas. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows how to pronounce it, including the locals. It's one of those three. It's what I've deduced it to. I like to drink there and go there. Port Aransas, Texas. Rio Dosa, New Mexico. Those are my three hot spots. These are places where we like to go to drink. Tra- just travel to. You're you're frequently visited locations well, i'm a drinker so i like, go to him to drink it <laughs> seems like my regular spot is ponca arkansas i'm gonna bleep that out but somewhere in arkansas through the ozarks yes yeah, so national the ozarks arkansas <laughs> marathon's pretty shitty if you really want to come see big band region head on over to marfa And you can hang out with the, uh, you can hang out with Lance Armstrong and uh, folks like him. You can buy a seven hundred square foot house for nine hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, I wasn't real impressed with Marfo when I went there, but me either. It's just me. That's why I want everybody else going there. Because I like <laughs> I like marathon just the way it is. Speaking of, I check uh, for places for sale in marathon frequently, and there never is any. And the other day there was one. Did you pull the trigger? You scooped it up? No, it's out of my out of my investment price range at the moment. Dang. It's all right, though. There'll be another one. And the investment price range budget grows slightly on the 15th and the 30th of every month. So, (laughs) 
get paid bi-monthly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of getting paid, we oh. commented last week that uh, no government employee is adequately compensated uh, as it should be. I would argue that they all are, they all are <laughs> adequately compensated. <laughs> I, uh, I just wanted to throw a kicker on that, that no straight government employee is adequately compensated and by straight i mean not crooked not crooked jared there's only one government employee here i'm not going to comment much on this subject (laughs) are you taking kickbacks no hell no i raise fish hey if i can come out there and catch me (laughs) Five pound bass, there might be a little something a, in it for you. I'll do you better than that. I'll get you on a ten pound striper. Just grab oh, one. Shit. <laughs> All I need is a picture How about with it. That? <laughs> Dude, we'll get you a couple pictures with them, man. Look, ten pound striper. Just come down in October, man. It, it it's going to be lights out. You're going to sneak us into the hatchery so we can take the picture and leave. No, man. I'm going to get y'all on Lake Moultrie. Man, catching a 10-pound striper would be a hell of a time, I feel like. Yeah, it'd it'd take you for a ride. I uh, would take you for a ride. I'm thinking I may uh, at uh, Possum Kingdom see about paying somebody to take me out, catch something. That's a big striper lake. I've been told. That's where the uh, state's striped bass hatchery is. Texas, that is. The really? Possum Kingdom hatchery. But. Huh. Is that open to the public? Yeah, you can go tour it. That might be interesting. On weekdays. I know some folks that need to be exposed to things like that. I'll be there all week. W- There's yeah. a hatchery in Pecos that's never open. That's right. There is a hatchery in Pecos. I hope that restaurant's still open. <laughs> Same here. You guys that, have any? Go ahead, Jared. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, that I think that hatchery in Pecos would be a cool one to visit. I bet they're obviously their their priority of fish stocking is right there. On the Pecos River, but those those trout hatcheries, man, they're they're something else. They're pretty cool to visit. Yeah, I went to one uh, somewhere between like Angel Fire and Taos a long time ago. I don't, you know, we kind of we kind of messed around the river a little bit. I don't remember seeing any trout in there last time we were out there. In the Pecos, yeah, in the Pecos. So I have never caught a fish in my life, and I've tried fishing in that river several times my brother caught 10 one day out he must have hit it right after they stopped (laughs) must be true i quit fishing (laughs) i never caught one was this the same trip where he just wandered off into the woods and no this was when we were like kids no i've never uh you know actually now that i'm thinking about it uh tyler who we all know jared you may not know tyler he need to know he uh him and his dad actually used to go fish on the Pecos right there in that same region back in the day. 
My dad started fly fishing out and then it won for a little while. You know what I think we ought to do on our trip is go try to track down the headwaters of that baby. That'd be cool. That would be very cool to see the headwaters of the Pecos. It's got to be up but there there's somewhere. Fish up there. Yeah, probably. But, I bet that water tastes damn good too. Dude, I, I really want to fish. After sanitizing. Like, of course. No, I want the Giardia. Giardia. <laughs> Beaver fever. <laughs> I, uh... <clears throat> John, what kind of what was uh, what was that pump you had? I've been meaning to ask you. Um, it's I don't even Mountain Rescue Science or something like that. MRS. It's just a 0.2 micron filter, and you just pump it into your Nalgene. That's a better route than uh, than uh, iodine tablets. I've I tried agree. both. Now you you can do like the the pen. A UV light pen. Yes. That, like, if you filter it, but this thing just filters it and it's good to go. I like it. I no, it was it. no, it was convenient as shit, and I thought the water was delicious. This water that I'm referring to, it's probably the best water I've ever drank. Actually, was from a stream running in Bryce Canyon that was maybe three inches deep and maybe a foot wide. And it was ice cold and sweet. Fresh. Yeah, it was good. And it was hot outside, too. This was in June, July. Like 7 a.m., too. Yeah. It's raining like a motherfucker here, if you can hear that noise. Mm, I wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. I, uh, so one other thing to touch on from the last episode was a trip to Tennessee me and John took. I met Dave Ramsey. Say what? Financial Peace Plaza. And then, uh, John drove over from, uh, where he lives, met us in Nashville. We weren't actually staying in Nashville. We were staying in a town called Shelbyville, Tennessee which uh, is just a suburb of Nashville. But uh, we were we were there. Bonnaroo. For Bonnaroo, even though we didn't go to Bonnaroo, the people we were with were going to Bonnaroo. Uh, basically, while the people we were with were at Bonnaroo, me and John just kind of drove around Tennessee. We, uh, there you go. That's I told you you had it. <laughs> Uh, we drove around Tennessee. We did go to the Jack Daniels distillery, which was cool. It's a neat experience. Uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee smells like Jack Daniels. Food was good. I feel like if you put a match in Lynchburg, it'd go up and smoke. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> feels that way. But, uh, we trekked all over. I've seen, uh, I've seen probably more of Tennessee than I have of Texas. Actually, I'd be willing to bet at this point. <laughs> But I got pulled over in Shelbyville, Tennessee. And uh, I don't remember why. I think it's because I had dealer tags on my truck and they were expired, maybe, if I'm remembering correctly. That's correct. So 
cop pulls me over. John, keep me on track here. But uh, cop pulls me over. It's like, it's after dark. It's probably 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. A cop pulls yeah. me over and he comes and uh, gets my license. Goes back to the cruiser. While he's back there, a second cruiser shows up. And in my head, I'm shit. I'm thinking, oh shit, I've seen this before. It's not good. And there's <laughs> two of them here. He comes back and he goes, are you, your, your name's Price Andrew Barry? And I go, no, it's Barry Andrew Price. And he goes, okay, okay. And he goes back. He's gone. It felt like forever. This whole thing probably played out in 20 minutes. Felt like forever. Feel like another cruiser showed up. He comes back and goes, are you sure your name's Barry Andrew Price? And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, okay, okay. And he's gone for a while, and the whole damn town's out here at this point. <laughs> comes back, and he goes, "I, it's coming back as your license being invalid and this and that. And he goes, so I need to figure out what we're going to do about this. And ultimately, he comes back, and he says, your, your driver's license is invalid, and really I could take you to jail for this. And that, and, uh, but he let me go at the end of the day. I mean, the, the actual culmination of the story is pretty, pretty uneventful, but, uh, wait, why was they don't know how to, they don't, cause he didn't know how to put my fucking name in the, in his computer. Price Barry Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. He came back. Andrew Price Barry. Just some hick out there in Shelbyville, Tennessee. I mean, I probably realized we weren't these 30 fucking hippies at Bonnaroo. And he's like, all right, you guys just get out. Right. After he called every damn cop in town out there to be a part of it. Yeah. Even they couldn't figure it out. No, apparently not. But now, you know, I kind of wish they would have taken me to jail because it'd be named Barry Priceville, Tennessee. They had. (laughs) (laughs) Priceberry, Andrew, Tennessee. My favorite part of that trip was going to people watching at Bonnaroo. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting in the line <laughs> just, in traffic. Yeah, we just sat outside the gate <laughs> and just watched people. I think my sister was there, wasn't she? I, I can't remember. I feel that like might, she was, but we didn't see her. That that does feel right. You were training for an Iron Man at the time, and I remember you woke up and then went yeah. back to sleep. I was not yeah. very good at training for them. <laughs> and I was good at paying for them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been there. I, I bet over the last two years, I've probably spent $400 on races and I hadn't ran a damn one of them. It is what it is. It all goes to Or you downgraded. We went for a nice little float, though, on that trip down the Duck River. Yeah. That was nice. I remember that now. I uh, we got the, like the last two kayaks too. We got lucky. Yeah, that was fun. I remember we uh, there weren't many people out there either. And then we went at one point. We cut off over into a cave or something. And I, I typically am not a claustrophobic type or scared of any adventure, but being in that cave. 
on the kayak on the water in the cave was not a cool experience for me. I did not enjoy it. The rest of the kayak was badass. So it was like six or eight miles, if I remember right. You remember that girl? I, I had a GoPro on taking pictures every 10 seconds of this awesome extreme adventure of ours. And we came up on this girl, <laughs> and she goes, is that thing recording? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes, ma'am. I've got a GoPro that I I don't uh, <laughs> I don't utilize enough. There's a lot of damn work though. I feel like my batteries are always dead, and then if they're not dead, they die rapidly, and it's just ain't hardly worth it. And you got to figure out what to do with the video afterwards, right? You got to post Nothing. it, man. Yeah, and. It, my GoPro, you have to like plug it into your computer and download it and change its format and then send it back Damn. to your phone. And put it on Instagram. <laughs> you got to email GoPro five times along the way. <laughs> that is some hassle. I'm sure by now you can you can put just upload it on your phone. That's how I do it with my pictures. Is it, is it like I don't a know. USB card? Not with an iPhone. You can't do any cool shit like that. That's shit. way too way too convenient to be able to do something like that. Well, damn. I feel like if you had an iPad with, uh, like an iPad Pro with data, you probably could do it. Yeah. Pretty easily. Just slide your... Uh, Maybe you can take put an SD card into a iPad Pro or have an oh, adapter into a Pro. You can. You could get. You could probably get an adapter for just a good old fashioned iPad, right? Yeah. Probably even an iPhone because it's the same damn connection that Lightning port. I think. Uh, I know for a fact, you can. Yeah, you did it on our Pocus trip. Yeah. I will have my when I hit the river road through Big Bend. I'll have an uh, GoPro out uh, for that for sure. Actually, fun fact: uh, the TRD off-road editions of any Toyota product actually come with a built-in GoPro mount on the in the windshield. Whoa! I know. I probably paid seven thousand dollars for it. <laughs> and I've never used it a single time because my GoPros are always dead because the battery life ain't shit. Well, I think with my new hobby, I'm gonna have to get a GoPro. Yeah, I think it's required. If I if I keep mountain biking pretty regular, I think I'm gonna have to get a. I'll have to figure out a way to be better with them. Dude, speaking of bikes, get you your bikes. How's your Nordic, man? <laughs> Shout out to Tom Segura. We'd love to have you on. <laughs> uh, the Nordic is good. I rode, uh, I did a 30 minute trail ride based on a trail in Moab uh, a couple days ago, and it was a thorough ass whooping. So. <laughs> 
it's cool though. It's sweet. I'd recommend one to anybody who uh, who uh, wants something like that for their home gym. It looks legit, it. man. I'm going to ride it in the morning too. And it was pretty easy to assemble. It took about, uh, I think Nordic uh, Nordic's general rule is to usually have somebody come assemble it for you, but due to the COVID, that was not an option. So we assembled it ourselves, but it only took about 30 minutes. It's pretty easy. And then uh, it's got, I would probably say thousands of options as far as mountain biking trail rides. Uh, it's also got road rides and then like your traditional spin class type uh, rides you can do as well. I won't be doing any of that. Uh, and the the trail and and road rides are really cool. They actually are <clears throat> their actual video footage of a ride that somebody wearing a camera mounted to their chest. And so you can even see the handlebars along the way. Uh, every so often it'll pop out and be a drone video kind of showing you the overall landscaping of it all. That's a POV. Yeah. POV point of view. <clears throat> I don't know how they do it. I'm sure they come over and do voiceover, but there's times like on the ride I did last week, there was uh like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> really. Like, there'll be times where, uh, you know, you'll be going through sand or something on the trail and it'll kick up the resistance on the bike. Uh, you know, if you're going uphill or downhill, uh, the, the big difference between Nordic and Peloton is on the Nordic, it actually will incline and decline. Uh, so you actually get the feeling like you're going uphill or downhill. Wow. And then uh, Peloton does not do that. Um, and there are times like, I was watching. Uh, I was watching her do a a road ride the other day, and there's cars like zooming by, and she's like, "God damn, edit that stuff out!" Ducking out of the way, <laughs> going to get my helmet. Dude, but, you, you need a surround sound for that thing. Yeah, no, it would help. Uh, but I like it. It's good. I think his money well spent, especially if I get on it a couple times over the next few years. The only, the only complaint I have is it does not sync to Strava. What if you were to record on your watch? Yeah, I'm going to try that next ride. I do. I think that would work, but I don't know how accurate it would be, but I could also uh, just go and do a manual entry. John, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, we got to talk about my whitewater adventures. Oh, shit. Yes, we do. <clears throat> All right. So, made a deal with my wife. I'm sure I've mentioned this before. To, if I lose 20 pounds, I get to take whitewater kayaking lessons at the U.S. Whitewater, na the na U.S. National Whitewater Center in Charlotte, which is a man made river with rocks in it, and there's whitewater rapids and the two-day class takes that's eight hours a day, and you kind of just run through the basics. We started off with uh, wet exits so that you're upside down in the boat and you pop out. And you started with that. 
Yeah, so it's basically Jesus to take Christ. away the fear of being upside down in the boat, yeah. knowing that you can get out. Are you fearless? I definitely am not. <laughs> and then, then we started. Then we did swimming down the rapids. So they teach you how to go down the rapids, and it's feet forward, so that you can uh, your feet don't get caught in anything, and your ass absorbs any blows from rocks. Which I'm glad I knew that when I was uh, getting my ass kicked in the Buffalo River earlier this year. And then went over just basic paddling. Uh, and then we started with rolls. So you're upside down and you're trying to right the boat back up upright. And I can put all the pieces. I, I have all the pieces. I'm still tr- struggling to put them together into to doing a roll. I was able to do one, but I did scrape the paddle on the bottom of the, uh, of the pool, I guess. But I was able to right myself without any help. And that's basically day one. We went over some rapids just to get get used to them. And then we did a, a wet exit at the bottom of a rapid. So you go down the rapid and then you turn your boat over purposely and then get out. Just so you're kind of, again, just desensitizing you to it and showing you that it's not that bad and you can get out. You did all of that in eight hours. Yeah. Holy smokes. So, I mean, if you were like... You'd probably, if you were going to do like a real in-depth thing, you might want to go do the same thing and nail it down. But I kind of got all the basic skills now that I can go practice. Uh, the next day, we went over rolls again. That's kind of, and I got better at it. And we did ferrying. So I thought this was pretty cool. You can cut across a river um, without being dragged down it. And it's really pretty easy if you know how to do it. Um you you can go sh- just straight across the river and not be pushed down it. And we were right by where the current is generated at the Whitewater Center. <clears throat> and then... How do, you, how do you do that? How do you do that? Uh, you aim your boat at an upstream, kind of a, almost at a 45-degree angle, just for uh, simplification here, and then keep your eyes on where you're going, and then your your body will basically do what it needs to do to get the boat over there. Let's make it happen, yeah. Yeah, I wiped out at one point because I was looking upstream while I was doing this instead of where I was supposed to be going. And it turned the boat back the other way and tipped me over. They said I almost rolled. I almost got it up, but I had to bail. Uh, When you say bail, does that mean like exit the kayak? Yeah, so I'm upside down and I have to pull the spray skirt off and uh, get out. And then you have to go drag your boat back to shore and empty it out, which they showed us how to do that. I wish I'd known how to do that in Arkansas. <laughs> what uh, What's the spray skirt? It's so when, when you're in the kayak, you got the cockpit that you're sitting in. The spray skirt is a like a neoprene thing that goes over your waist, and then it c- completely covers the cockpit. So there's... You're basically nothing. one with the boat. Yeah. Nothing. nothing water's not getting in. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, were you wearing a life jacket? Yes. You have to wear the life jacket and helmet the entire time. And then what else? There? Yeah. So there's a life jacket, helmet, spray skirt, and then a paddle or an idiot stick. And then 
the boat was all the gear they really outfitted us with for this class. Seems like all you need. Yeah. And the boat I was using was a dagger mamba. And I watched a documentary after I got home on Sunday called Congo, the Inga project. And it was about navigating these unnavigable rapids that no one's ever survived. And they were using the dagger mamba. Did they survive? Yeah, yes, they did. Nice. They did. Yeah. Damn. That's <laughs> a hell of a boat. So uh, at, go ahead. At the end of it, uh, we went in head and there's a, they call it the entrance exam. It's just this rapid into the, the main f- channel. And they had us go through it and they taught us how to go through it. And I was successfully went through the rapid both times so without tipping over. I tipped over when I was getting out of the boat yeah, <laughs> and I, sent, I could both times, <laughs> both times sent the instructor that was trying to help me down the next rapid. <laughs> so there's a little river just south of me called the devils. You can do a five day fishing kayak down it. The last undammed river in Texas. Yeah, the last undammed river in Texas. We ought to go do it. Is there white water on it? Uh, maybe seasonally. I don't think. That's, that's, that's the one thing I learned this time is that when I was in Arkansas, I'm pretty sure I was too big for the boat I was in. So I would have probably had not had any issues, even not knowing anything, had I been in the boat I was in at the white This last center. time. So yeah. your equipment matters. Yeah, so don't be a 280-pound person in a boat that only holds 220 pounds. <laughs> don't be a fat fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I was really shocked at. The first time I was in the boat was how stable it was. And these things aren't designed to go straight, and they're – they're designed to roll and move. And I had a hard, I mean, you had to try to tip it over. And that boat I was in in Arkansas, was like, I had to try to stay upright. Is this something I could go get at Academy or would I need to like special order it? The, the big, the difference I see, you probably couldn't cause I doubt you have any outfitters there, but the boats I see at Academy are two pieces and they're basically plastic. Um, these boats are molded maybe, but they're HDPE, high density polyethylene and basically indestructible. But they're not that expensive. The ones I'm looking at are like $1,300. And that's the one that they took down these rapids that no one's ever navigated before. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Might be a little rich for me not having water access, but uh, Jared, you do you have a kayak? Yeah, uh, I have access to one. Okay, but it's not mine. <laughs> I do use it though. What's it made out of? Uh, it's roto molded plastic. Oh, it is fun. Yeah, you just take it out on the flats and fish. Yes, sir. So something and the Kong. Every now and then, but the Kong, 
something me and John have talked about would be would be what would be a cool trip would be to go to a lake. The one that comes to mind for me is Tahoe. There's probably a better ones or tens of thousands That's of other what options. I was thinking of too. Yeah. And basically just set up camp somewhere, spend the night, kayak for half a day, set up camp, kayak for half a day, just kind of cruise on the lake, do some fishing along the way. Uh, so the, the boundary waters, does that ring a bell to y'all? No. I think it's up in Minnesota. I could Minnesota. be wrong. I could be wrong, but it, it, there's a lot of that kind of action going on. You paddle for a little while, but Tahoe sounds pretty legit. I mean, you could do it on any lake. Really? Fish for our dinners? Yeah. Carry some spam just in case. Probably going to need it. <laughs> if I'm the one doing the fishing, we're going to need it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm a fairly – I don't think I could sustain myself off of it. But I'm competent. Every person should know how to fish. John, we got to catch you a fish, man. You had never caught one? John. All right, never striper season. Striper striped bass season on Lake Moultrie. What is it? Just come on down. I th- I think the best time is in September. September, November. You know, somewhere in that range right there. Because once the water starts getting too cold, you just their activity kind of dies down. Or their their activity doesn't die down. It's the the bait they're feeding on, the fish they're feeding on. They get pretty lethargic, so they're they're not popping the surface and schooling. The bait fish or the strappers. The bait the bait fish. So like the bait fish, they get so lethargic in the uh, in those colder months, so that they're they're kind of just. Staying below surface, if that makes any sense. So the the yeah, instead of coming up to the surface where you know it's just mass chaos, you have thousands of seagulls diving in one bait ball, and you're trying to cast into this bait ball. Sometimes you catch a seagull, sometimes you catch a striper. But you know what? Thousands of seagulls. There, dude. There's been days on Moultrie. It is legit. Thousands. <laughs> it's the craziest I'm, thing, man. I want to get me some of this. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. You say September. <laughs> Come on down. Shit. If I don't have to quarantine. Dude, we might all have to. No, but dude, it's 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 really cool. So John, we'll we'll get you on a fish. Looking forward to it. Maybe we can snag one of Pecos. I'm telling you, the Alpine Lakes. They uh, like I, I. I think the fish in there are pretty opportunistic on what comes into the water. So they're they're pretty. They're See, willing to feed on some, anything. We can make some hay up there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we could. Well, we saw him on uh, what is it, Angelo, San Leonardo. Yeah, yeah, we saw it. Sorry, I, I got those. I didn't see any damn fish up there. I saw them popping. I saw a few popping in there. What do you think they are? Rainbows? Rainbows or brook. That's some fun shit. Hock up there and catch some fish. Come home and cook them up. Yeah. Take a couple collapsible fishing rods or something. We'd have to get a fish. Stuff them in our backpack. Yeah. That's just a trip to Walmart, man. We can do that in Roswell. Yeah. Y'all can do it in Albuquerque. Where there's no police force. All right, any closing thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to thank the pe- the instructors at the Whitewater Center. They were very helpful, professional, uh, easy going, but in a way that Commanded respectfully. The instructors I had were named Devin, James, Daniel, and Ben. If you ever want to go take this two-day one-on-one class, I suggest you go to the Whitewater Center. Charlotte, Charlotte North, Carolina. North Carolina. Devin, James, yeah. Daniel, and Ben. Yeah, and th- uh, actually, the place is pretty cool too. It's like it's like an almost like an amusement park, but for outdoors. And it's, there's obstacle courses, climbing walls, uh, deep water oh. solo, rafting, trails to hike on, mountain biking. You can rent mountain bikes. And it's a uh, yearly membership is like $200. Now that sounds like my kind of place. That's pretty legit. I, uh, hmm. I might need to talk about something like that off air. How much were the lessons? I paid three hundred dollars for two two eight hour days. Yeah, it worth every penny in my opinion. And they got all your gear and everything. Yep. Good. They're they don't really rent gear past this point. They said, "Come talk to me," um, but um, but for the you don't have to invest in anything really to go do it. So, so if you just wanted a weekend to go learn and. Hit the river. Yeah, it's, it's like the uh, those idiots on the Rogan podcast, uh, Bert and Tom and Ari, where they spent October trying oh, yeah. new things. Their classes. Want to go do? Yeah, I mean, you may not want to stick with it. It's not for everybody. Might just go try. The cool it. thing about it is, you can make it what you want to make it. You can take it to where you're going off 100 foot waterfalls, or you can just use it to go hang out at the Whitewater Center. Go down. Class two rapids every once in a while, and I don't have big dreams of right. big waterfalls, but I'd like to go run some rivers. We'll look up Dolan Falls, Devil's River, Texas. That's all I have, Jaron. Well, it's getting hot out there. Getting, but but keep. <laughs> Keep keep getting those miles, man. Logging Get them, them miles. when you can. Keep logging them miles. I know a lot of races are getting canceled again, but gotta keep motivated, man. Keep Make it logging fun. them Do regardless. Yes, sir. I'm it.
244 miles by manpower this year, which is not great, but it's not bad either. Something. My goal was two, most. Yeah, my goal was 2,000. I revised it to 1,000 today for the year. That includes running and cycling and mountain biking. And walking the dog, if I remember to measure it. Get some. Get some. All right. <laughs> Fellas, it's good. Happy 4th of July, everybody. God bless America. for listening to this episode of the bourbon bookshelf podcast we hope you've enjoyed it until next time you can support us by liking us on instagram at bourbon underscore bookshelf and by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast talk to you soon